All right, everybody, welcome to another Prague Report Top 5 podcast, a, a very, very international uh, episode here for you. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Jim Gray, lead singer of Caligula's Horse. He's all the way in Australia. I'd like to welcome him to the show. Jim, how are you, man? I'm doing well. It is the morning and it's nice. Yeah. So uh, for people that, that maybe don't realize the I mean, most people know Australia is pretty far away from the U.S., but the time zone difference is insane. We are doing this. I'm I'm in Florida. It is eight o'clock at night, and Jim is ten o'clock in the morning the next <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty wild. Very small window to schedule these these podcasts. Uh, and with me is uh, Daniel Levy. He's in Brazil. So uh, hey, Dan. Hey, yo. How are you? Hey. Oh, good. It's a nice evening here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somehow we're on the same time zone, which doesn't seem to make any sense. Uh, anyway, um, of course, you know, we want to make sure everybody listening is doing okay out there. Everything is crazy. Everybody's in lockdown. Uh, you know, we're all staying home here. Jim and, and Daniel, you guys, I guess, are also staying at home and everybody's yep. uh, everybody's doing okay. I'm doing fine. Like, I'm home, uh, still working, still doing everything I usually do. Like playing video games and watching TV, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but we are doing it just 100% of the time at home. And uh, and Jim, you were mentioning a little bit before about about how it's going over there. Yeah, I mean, we're, like we're doing well. Australia is doing our our bit. Um, but yeah, no, I'm 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 at home doing okay. I don't like being alone. I'm like, like this is really nice uh, talking to you guys because. <laughs> Uh, I'm like the proper extrovert, like the, the, the guy that, not that I'm, you know, out in the street singing and like, look at me, look at me, although I might, who knows, but, uh, it's more that I need people to function. And so being locked <laughs> in my house is not ideal for me, but yeah, I've been teaching my daughter at, uh, homeschool and stuff and it's pretty wild. It's a, it's a real adventure. <laughs> That's great. You know, we've been trying to do the homeschooling thing here too. And, and, uh, the days the, the homeschooling gets shorter every day. We were doing like a few hours and then and then the other day it was like after one hour, it's like, all right, homeschool's done. <laughs> we did well today. Take that off the list. <laughs> no, I feel that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh so um you guys have an interesting timing with you get the new album is is out May twenty second, Rise Radiant. I know you had this big North American tour planned and that had to be postponed. Mm. I mean that's gotta be just really disappointing. Um, you know, talk about just dealing with, with trying to promote this new album in this sort of situation. It's kind of funny, actually. I mean funny in a desperately sad way. In the in the you know, I was I was competing with when we decided to cancel. Competing with like the absolute truth of the the decision that we made, and like the fact that there was literally no other choice that we could have made, and it was the right thing to do, and it was the only thing to do, and also the death of my childhood dreams. Um, and so it's kind of <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. we get to finally tour the U.S. for the first time, and then it's just the rug just gets pulled out from underneath us a little bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was that was a bit that was a bit nasty. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's when it's something as big as this, it sort of reminds you of how small your world is and how small your, uh, little stuff is, no matter how seriously you take it or no matter how important it is to you, it's not as, not as important as the rest of the world. So, um, yeah, it's a bit tricky right now, but, um, it's been really cool to kind of see everyone's responses to the, uh, 
singles and all the all the info about the new album that's come out because with everyone being locked in their homes and stuff now it's really something that they're looking forward to it's something that you know they can go yes that's going to get me through a day at some point um uh, yeah, so, yeah I, it's, it's, I think it's so i mean bad. yeah you have a lot of bands and, and artists that have been postponing records um and, and their tours obviously but delaying releases for months some some to next year and uh so it is. It is exciting if you're a fan uh, to have something to look forward to, a new album. I mean, you're home, you're stuck, there's not a lot to do. So um, it, the few bands that are still able to put something out, I think it's I think it's great. It might, may end up, that one part of it may end up turning out to be a good thing for you guys. You never know. Yeah. I mean, especially with the themes of Rise Radiant, where, I mean, even the title itself, you know, like... We're fortunate enough that the album was absolutely complete well and truly before any of this began, so we didn't have any setbacks in that way. But it just seems funny because it's like we wrote all these songs with these themes that, you know, that, that I needed to hear right now, like they're really important to me, you know, the, the lessons to overcome, all the things that I've learned through being a parent, you know, through the struggles in my life, and there's a whole bunch. We can talk about that later. Yeah. But uh, it, it almost applies more now to the rest of the world than than before you know it's like a message that i think people might need right now so it's like we got it done yeah well and uh, you got video shot which is also nice that to have i mean right at the last minute there which is great yeah i'm glad we got ahead of time on that one that would have been uh, an awkward one to film on zoom for example (laughs) Uh, (laughs) indeed Um, building a rain rig your own house to sort of get you to get you proper wet just filming me in the shower just flicking my hair around Listen, right now people need music more than ever and uh so uh, the the creativity from some people is has been really impressive it's been a lot of great stuff to see online and uh i'm sure we i'm sure we'll see some good things from you guys come out of this you know so and let me just say uh the new album we have had a chance to hear it both daniel and myself and uh yep it is it's uh, great just incredible <laughs> it really is something yeah. awesome well thank you guys very nice and i think I'm you guys know really that. Nice. <laughs> well yeah i, I mean like i i, I feel that way about all my one. music yeah yeah no totally totally it's it's funny it's like you always have that thing where it's just like this is my latest release and it's the most important thing to me uh but i think this one is um uh you know it's, it's something special uh, sam put it really nicely where he was sort of saying it's almost like it's the album we've been trying to make for nine years you know and that's uh, kind of how i feel about it too you know i can what? totally see it I, in a in a weird way for you guys, particularly with this album, it sounds like everything you guys have done, up up the notch, you know, and uh, mm. and so I I, I get that I, I feel I feel like that's what it is. Um, let's go ahead and get into the top five because it's be a lot of fun. I love all all the records and uh, especially the last few. So I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff to choose. So what we're gonna do? Everybody's gonna say their their number five choice and then we're going to say our number fours and we'll talk about the songs in between and go on from there and uh any duplicates uh that that just means it's a really good song and that's how we go with it um officially good we will uh let you go with your first choice so what's your number five uh of your your music the caligula's horse music well so here's the thing uh This is a very difficult question, and it's mean of you to ask. Um, of course, it is. That's but, the idea. <laughs> and I, I love the idea of, of you know coming on a podcast to give my favorite five songs of my own stuff. You know, it's like you know, you know why else I'm great? Uh, it's, it's just being funny. Uh, <laughs> so good. 
<laughs> but I think yeah, I, I'm fantastic, and here's five reasons why. Um, but no, I've got I've got uh, I've got a bunch put aside. Um, but it, they're probably they're like they're not my favorites. They're just ones that I have like a, a particular attachment to for a certain reason. Um, so I'm going to start with number five. I'm going to go kind of chronologically with these. Uh, with Dark Hair Down from The Tide, Thief, and River's End. That's my sure. number five. Cool. Killer song. Yep. Dark Hair Down's kind of, it's interesting. We, we play it a lot even now. It's sort of like a staple of our uh, live uh, set list. But when it, when it first came out and like when River's End came out, no one cared. It was like we, we were sort of nothing. It was like a follow-up to, to a, a, an underground kind of prog album. Um, but it was super important to, to us because it was the first time that Sam and I outside of the city has no empathy, the, the single from uh, moments It's the first time that Sam and I actually like collaborated on an album the whole way through. And so it was really the, the sort of germination of, of a, a writing and a personal relationship that would, you know, keep developing over the years. So that it was kind of a pivotal moment. And I remember when we were touring Australia for one of the first times uh, we'd done a couple on this album and then we were playing in Melbourne at this tiny club uh, called uh, the Evelyn Hotel. And I stepped out onto the stage, and it seems so funny now to look out an Australian audience and go like, oh, man, there are like probably more than 100 people here. And, um, <laughs> and it, it was the first time we went like, oh, man, we, we pulled in Melbourne the same kind of numbers we pulled in Brisbane. It was crazy. And so it, it felt like something was happening. And I remember that night was the first night. We played Dark Head Down. It was the first night that people had yelled back the lyrics of that dark hair down bit in the in the the pre-chorus, and I remember just getting full body goosebumps and going like, "What is this?" You know that 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 adolescent fantasy come to life. So I, I have a lot of very lovely memories around that song. Okay, so like this song, I'll have more comments about it later, but I remember, spoilers, right? Uh, but I remember <laughs> the first time I listened to like, quote unquote, the song, which was in one of your guys' YouTube videos that you just posted, like a bunch of um, your vocals, isolated vocals from River's right. End. And that stuff is just amazing. Like you, you, ha you see the strength of like the voice and you hear dark hair down, like just the voice is amazing. Right, thank you. I was much younger then. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> that's world weary. But it was actually the last uh, song that we recorded for River's End, if I remember correctly, which I usually don't. Um, but I think, I think that was it. I think, you know, once we got dark hair down, that was like, yeah, cool, vocals wrapped, nice. Well, I've, I've only first heard of you guys from uh, Bloom. And didn't get to the first two records until much later. And I remember uh, sort of listening to the Rivers End album and then that song, which is, you know, sometimes the singles, like so the first two songs, you know, typically that kind of thing. But uh, this that that song's towards the end of the record. And I remember getting to that one and going, wow, that that's, that should be a single. That that should have been the hit. And, uh, and then mm -hmm. I looked it up and it ended up being the single. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's a great song. Yeah, I think that... That was the second music video we ever shot as well. It was kind of like 
uh, super budget, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as most of the stuff we did was. Um, and uh, it was filmed at my mother-in-law's farm at the time. She she had this cattle farm, and there was like a little, uh, little tiny kind of feeding hut thing uh, that they'd abandoned. And so we're like, yeah, yeah, we could shoot in there. And then once we got everything in there, we realized just how small it was, and <laughs> just had to kind of make it work. It was pretty wild. Awesome. Uh, all right, perfect start, Dan. You want to go? You're number five. Okay, so I have to say it was very tough for me to pick only five songs. And even tougher to put them in any sort of order. Uh, but I want to start with one from the first album, uh, Moments from Ephemeral City, if I'm saying that correctly. Uh, mm -hmm. The closing track, um, Vanishing Rights. You know, Tread Softly, little one, the big title. I, I think this song is an example of the variety of styles that the band likes to explore. You know, it's very heavy, but also very elegant. The instrumentation, it's like technical, but also easy to listen to it's pretty soft um yeah a great song i love the way it evolves you know and introduces new elements as it goes i, I think it's the perfect one to close the album For that first record, when you guys were were starting out, what what were you guys trying to be as a band? Was it were, did the influence for something like Vanishing Rights come from a particular place? Were you trying to emulate some other band or something? Where were things coming from at that time for you guys? Well, I mean, first of all, let me correct myself before because, as I said, I don't remember things. Um, the when I said that Rivers End was the first real time that we collaborated, uh, Sam and I had actually collaborated on on the City Has No Empathy, also on. Um, uh, Vanishing Rise and Colossus because they were sort of released as a separate EP a little bit after that. Um, yeah, Vanishing Rights, uh, the the sort of vibe of it was there was a, a track from uh, Act Three, Life and Death by the Deer Hunter uh, oh, called man. Poison Woman. And I, yeah, and I remember that that kind of uh, vibe was was something that really kind of infected that song. That, that kind of um, almost cheeky, don't get, get him, you know. Um, and uh yeah i actually have a memory of writing that uh chorus at my parents i was visiting my folks and, and a demo thing came through from sam and i just kind of sat there and nodded something out and yeah it's um it's funny going back to that one because it's one that we haven't played for a very long time uh and if you go and watch the music video for that you can see all of our little baby faces and how little <laughs> we were you know That's what's awesome. funny about that like a couple of weeks back when roy told me we we're doing the podcast and I was just listening to all the albums, like to remind myself and refresh the memory. And I got to that song, um, Vanishing Rights, and I sent it to Roy. Said, hey, I don't know how familiar you are with this, but you're a, a big Deer Hunter fan. I think you might dig it. Yeah, and he said, true. yeah, yeah, this Whoa. song is awesome. <laughs> so it's pretty well, funny. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it. Mission accomplished. Wearing that influence on our sleeve. I like it. <laughs> hey, listen, we are, we are big uh, Deer Hunter fans over here on the Prog Report. So nice one there. Awesome. For sure. Um, okay, I'll, I'll jump in my number five. 
uh, sticking with the earlier records, I'm also pulling from the second record, the River's End album, uh, All Is Quiet by the Wall. That's going to be my number five. Um, and man, what's amazing about this song is just the guitar playing is nuts. Like the shredding on this one is massive. Um, and it's impressive. And it sort of reminds me of stuff that I think you guys do later on in some records, you know, things like Engraves and, and uh, stuff like that. I sort of hear it in that song a little bit, but that's one that I always like a lot. It has, it's that very epic style from the band, but sort of done earlier on, I think. Yeah, that I remember. I actually remember writing that one as well. Um, there was a, a couple of couple of moments where I was really stuck lyrically, and I was grumpy. And this is early on in our career as well, because you know, like I hadn't developed the the correct thickness of skin for uh, you know creative criticism and collaboration and stuff like that. So I, I was still very protective of my ideas. You know, you can't do that to my. It's mine, and right. um, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been a big learning uh, curve for me. Like it, it started with that album, and, and over the the years, obviously Sam and I have this thing now where we we understand that each of us is, is on the same side. You know, we want the best out of this song that we possibly can. So if anyone is asking us to do better, it's because we know it can be better, and we sort of trust each other. So that's been really cool. But um, I remember recently we we did a tour of Australia uh, to sort of tele- celebrate a, a joint five year anniversary of. Uh, River's End and Bloom, and we played both of those albums back to back with a, a short um, intermission. And our <laughs> realizing Sam realizing that he had to relearn how to play All Is Quiet by the Wall was, yeah. <laughs> was a funny moment for me. It was like, God damn it! All right, yeah, fine. I'll, I'll develop my chops again. Yeah. Damn it. That's awesome. All right, round one. Uh, Jim, we'll jump back to you. You're number four. Okay. Since I'm going chronologically, we're going to go to Bloom now. Uh, I'm going to say Turntail for this one. Um, there was kind of a... I, I was, when, thank you. When I was going back through through all of this in my mind and trying to go like, okay, what do I pick uh, to talk about myself at length? Um, and, and I... <laughs> I, I <laughs> like a therapy I session, right? <laughs> Yeah, this is it. I hope you, I hope you guys realize that this is just a very public therapy session. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the uh, I remember recording the the um, the chorus for Turntail. We were, we were just doing a demo of it, um, recorded through an SM7B, you know, with open, uh, like totally open in the in the studio room. Not even, not even thinking it was going to end up on the album, and, and we actually ended up using that that demo for at least the chorus um, because the performance was was great. We we just loved it, and it, that was on the same day as we were tracking. I think vocals for Arcane Moon Learned. We were doing one of our days, and in like a break, 
he said with scare quotes. Um, we decided to track a couple of demo things. I think we did some of Daughter of the Mountain. We did uh, Turntail, and it just so happened that you know we ended up putting that on the album. We were doing things quite uh, skin of our teeth at the time, and there wasn't a lot of uh, a lot of time for uh, you know making sure you know like going through and doing like a week and a half of vocal tracking and kind of getting everything out of the way. It was really sort of sporadic when we could. You know, Sam was a student at, at the conservatorium, so we were using their studios on the cheap and like kind of trying to fit things in. So it ended up on the album, not as a shortcut, but because it was just so convenient that, oh my God, the performance is great. Let's just leave. Did you feel like that album, you know, brought you a, a, a sort of a more exposure, a bigger audience, that a, the jump from the second to the, to the Bloom record? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's sort of when... Um, things took a turn for the global. You know, I, I, uh, we, it was our first album with Inside Out Music, and so that relationship had just started, and, um, you know, we had this, this opportunity and, and this album we were super happy with, and I think that was really kind of the first time. I mean, as much as I, I look at River's End as, as a real sort of triumph for us as young uh, creatives, it was like Bloom is sort of where we found, I think, what we wanted to do. You know, we wanted to start doing, and I think that oh, Your own identity, right? Yeah, exactly. Finding our feet with our own style and, and sort of going, you know, if, if we're going to do something dark, it's got to have some light in it. If we're going to do something light, it's got to be a little bit of shadow in it. Doing that bittersweet kind of thing and not um, twist the knife of sad emotion and stuff, which I'd done a lot during Arcane and I didn't really want to do anymore. Um, but yeah, interesting that those albums were being recorded side by side, actually, that uh, Known Learned and, and Bloom were sort of happening simultaneously. Uh, Dan, your number four. Okay, so so Jim has already talked about this one, but my number four is Dark Hair Down from right. Represent. <laughs> yeah, like that, there is you got to pick this one. You know, the song is a blast. I like, almost, for like I me, almost picked it too. We almost had a three, three. Like, uh... <laughs> it might still happen, right? <laughs> yeah, for, for but for someone like me, like I enjoy rhythmically driven songs. You know, it's just a perfect track. Uh, just like what I was listening, I, I was saying about Vanishing Rides earlier, the song is so heavy and melodical at the same time. I think, like, my favorite parts are the verses. They're, like, super aggressive, and you have, like, the the instrumental in the background. It, it just complements it so well. Yeah. Well, I can see, no. I mean, why you guys are still playing it live, and it's, a, I guess, you know, a fan favorite and a, and a song that stuck around. We can see why. Yeah, also, the, the, the guitar solo in this song is insane like you were talking about shredding earlier like yeah. props to sam <laughs> you know that in the last riff it's like totally killer you know in fact like the whole album the river's end album is filled with like great riffs i think it's one of the many strengths of river's ends it's in the riffs mm. yeah, that's cool to hear I, it's funny actually because guitar solo time on stage has very much become water time for me uh, which is nice, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know. So it's you know, Sam will have his do his thing, and I'll be off and having a little little sip of water and feeling sorry for myself as a tired vocalist. And then I'll I'll sort of walk back to the end of a solo and and 
you know, every now and again, I'll, it'll just click to me. It's like, Jesus Christ, he's good, isn't he? Like, <laughs> 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 this guy I've been working with for so long, you sort of take it for granted. And yeah. then, you know, the end of a solo will come up and it's be like, I'll forget to think. It's like, geez, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's tremendous. All right. Uh, okay, I'm going to jump in. My number four, I'm going to go to the uh, In Contact record and Song for No One, which um, just love from the minute this album, from the minute I heard this album, this is the immediate song that jumped out at me. Uh, and the just the hook, the, the last chorus when it comes in, is just yeah. massive. It's just so good and so hooky. Um and it's uh, and it's not a, it's not a predictable song, I guess. Sort of the way it it runs, you it almost feels like there's one chorus, but then you sneak in the other one, which is like the really hooky one, and uh, and so uh, I just love that song a lot. One of my favorites by you guys for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny how it's it's like a cross between something that's through composed and something that has sort of a regular structure to it. Um, which I think we did a lot on, on In Contact, where it's a, it, it sort of feels like it's just taking its own journey step by step, and then every now and again you'll get a chorus kind of pop back up. You know, and that even happens in, in Graves and stuff like that, but quite, yeah, quite long Yeah, track. exactly, yeah. Yeah, I like but, that one. Um, Things are a little bit unpredictable. Yeah, that song also has yeah. like a couple of other great guitar solos. You know, they're all yeah. over the place, but another good example. <laughs> yeah, I think what what Sam manages to do uh, best with guitar solos is is sort of remove any thought that it could be arbitrary. You know, it's when they come in, it's always at a point in the song where the guitar has a voice and a reason for being there, and yeah. particularly in the concept stuff you know like like songs for no one or like graves or, or anything off that record it's kind of they're always a like a reflection of the story and be captured so and i really admire sam for that and his sort of ability to put himself and his ego out of it and sort of it's not about showing off or, or, or like where his chops are it's always about yeah you know, he only goes in when he's invited right it, I, I see what you're saying no exactly mm. Well, you know, there used uh, to be a formula. Solo. There used to be a formula with with rock songs, and uh, where it was, the guitar solo was always in every song, and it was always at the same time in every song. You know, and <laughs> at least that is sort of gone. And so you have, you guys can do a guitar solo in some of the songs, and in some of the songs you might not, or in some of the songs it's. It opens the track, or it's it sort of it's all it's very different, which and it makes may also things like more interesting. You know? <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, so and if it's think, if yeah. it's short, it's just like go listen to it again. That's fine. <laughs> you can get more guitar later. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> no, I, I think I think songs for no one is is like it's pretty important to me. Um, it's not on my list. Spoilers, uh, but it's. Uh, I, I have a lot of beautiful memories of this as well. It's, it's again, it's a song with a really positive message. Um, you know, it's, it's celebrating uh, music. It's from the chapter in Contact that is about a musician, and and um, 
you know, the, it's sort of a reminder, again, the songs for no one element being that, you know, we write music for ourselves. You know, this is like a fairly selfish kind of artistic expression of, of where we're at. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not really done with a, with a view for commercial success or to kind of uh, reach a certain audience or whatever. It's always like completely, completely us. And, you know, memories of doing that for years with bands and, and even early Seahorse days and kind of like, it really was just for us. You know, we play these tiny shows or we play in support of somebody else, you know, those were all songs for no one, but they were all really important to us as well. Um, and I've been playing this game with audiences around the world now where we'll all sing the, we are all at the beginning of that song together and try and get them to do it each time and <laughs> outdo others. It's, you know, it, it's always, it's always fun, but it's always a, a moment of, genuine goosebumps for me like i'm trying not to let it show how emotional i'm becoming <laughs> in reaction to uh you know people singing our stuff back like i mean i, I told that anecdote before about that maybe a hundred people in melbourne singing dark air down and so now when i go to santiago chile and i'm playing to hundreds of people who are who are all singing we are all back it's just it's like nothing i'd ever imagine yeah no, that's super cool uh nice all right man what's your number three number three yeah, now, I'm looking at it on my screen because, you know, I forget, so I, I put a little list together, and it's really sad because this one has a slash in the middle because I couldn't help but, <laughs> but do two. So I'm, I'm going to do one and then, like, maybe just a little bit on another one. Um, the the first of – my first number three is Dream of Dead. Um, Wait, which uh, one? Say, sorry, again, say it again. Uh, Dream of the Dead. Oh, okay. Um, oh, nice. I, I think it, it's like – it's another one that I have a beautiful attachment to in terms of life, live performance uh, in that whenever we toured on In Contact, we always opened with, with Dream the Dead and it, it always had such a strong impact in it. But musically speaking, I just love the journey of it. You know, I love, I love starting so with such an impactful uh, opening and then going to this sort of soft, lilting verse. But I, when it goes to the chorus, it doesn't go to 11. You know, it goes to this place that, you know, it, it's, it's mournful and it's soulful. It's still quite open sounding. Um, but again, it, it, it's sort of like a tragic story in that chapter of the album where, you know, the, mm-hmm. the alcoholic falls back down into the bottle again. But um, at the same time, it does have like a, a, um, a beautiful quality to it because of the reminder that, you know, despite the fact that he's destroying himself for his art, his art is still beautiful, you know. So um, I, I have a great attachment to that song. Yeah, I think like Dream the Dead is one of your very popular songs for a reason. You know, it's very, very consistent in quality. It's just all the time you're up and it's fun to listen to and it's emotional. Like the rest of In Contact, you know, it's an album with a very epic feel, you know. So Dream the Dead just Mm -hmm. opens up the album with that same like emotional weight, you know. impressed with in contact when i when it first came out because i loved bloom um and you always wonder what a band that this kind of genre is going to do with the next record you know and um 
and you guys really sort of it's sort of subtle evolving between records but it, it it's enough where you go oh i didn't expect uh, they're not repeating themselves you know i didn't expect this on this one and, and in contact was really really just great in that way um kicking off with this song is it was perfect um all right daniel what's your number three no he gotta say he's other number three man oh wait you had a second <laughs> number three you're right <laughs> I have, the, the, I have a small anecdote about the end of Dream the Dead first, and I'm going to speak, so I'm going to say 10 seconds about my second number three. Um, <laughs> I, at the end, with, the, with that sort of um, terminal ending with the chugging riff and seeing the, you know, the we will remember kind of theme uh, all the way to the end, whenever we played that in Europe, um, it would come to a stop, and then we'd have about, I say, uh, like a, a bar gap before we rolled straight into a Will song. We sort of did those as they exist. Um, and in between the two songs, I would always try and say, um, you know, good evening or hello or whatever in the local language. Um, and so now when I listen to Dream the Dead, I get like mild anxiety in that last uh, outro bit because I have this memory of being on stage in so many different places and just going, shit, like in the back of my head, am I, am I in Germany? Is it, is it good <laughs> Abend, Freunde, or is it, like, where am I? And try, because <laughs> right, when, you, when you go from country to country, like and you're in a different place every day, Eventually, you, you've tried to be nice at cafes and say the hellos and do all the things, but eventually you just resort to like, yeah, g'day, how's it going? I'm from Australia and I'm really sorry because you just you can't keep up with with the amount. So that's what I was doing on stage during yeah. that. My second Have number you ever three, got the, the wrong one. The wrong one? No, I haven't. I did in Australia. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I called Melbourne, Sydney, and I I don't know if you know, uh about Australian cities. Well, I mean, there's more of a rivalry between Brisbane and Sydney, but like Melbourne likes to think that it's, it's sort of the best city in Australia. In a lot of ways it is. Um, but uh, yeah, they did not appreciate that. So I had to sort of follow it up going like, listen, I know I just called you guys Sydney, but um, I was thinking about you the whole time. Um, <laughs> <That's really> but, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, you can't get away with that sort of shit. Uh, my my um, third is, is, is Graves. Um, and I, I don't have much more to say about it other than the fact that it's, it's, um, real... you get another opportunity. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. good. Cool. Well, I'll tell that story later. You guys go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, so Dan, what's your number three? Okay. So I'll just quickly tell the story of how I found out about the band Caligula's horse. We're just saying the band or Jim saying me. So I'll, right. I'll say more. So it stays in the people's heads. <laughs> so like, it's not a very like exciting it. story. To be honest, like it was a, a Spotify recommendation, you know. We we are all very pro musicians here, pro music, uh, but Spotify like helped introduce me to a lot of bands that I love, and Caligula's is one of them. But, but what was exciting for me was the riff from Marigold as soon as it started playing, you know, I was instantly hooked, you know, and, and I, I was also secretly hoping the vocals wouldn't suck. Because you know, right. it happens a lot. <laughs> sorry, a great sorry song about starts, that. and you're like, have fingers crossed, and you're like, man, I hope the vocals are good. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally. And, and then they come in, and you're like, okay, okay, it's 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 great. And the song like Mary Goat, it reminded me of bands I love like Opeth, Haken, but it sounded very fresh too. Like you were saying that stuff about having a little bit of light and a little bit of dark, and I think that totally applies, you know. And I was so happy to discover the band. Um, so I instantly went to check on Bloom. I listened to the whole thing. 
and like the opening track, the Bloom, you know, South, uh, uh, sorry, title track. Uh, that song is just amazing, you know. When the transition from Bloom to Marigold happens, that was the moment I became a fan. You know, I just verbally said, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> that the hell, that's that cool. snare hit just makes it for me. The, snare, it, really, the snare hit, uh, with all due respect to Sam, one of the greatest moment of the band is that snare hit. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. That snare hit. <laughs> So, so if Roy allows me to cheat too, since like Jim got to pick two songs, I'm picking both of them. Bloom and Marigold. <laughs> Bloom and Marigold. I, I'll allow Bloom and Marigold because they're almost one. You could argue them as one song if you want because of that connection. Yeah. Um, and then when you put the, the sound clip here on the podcast, you just put the in between. So it doesn't one. look like. I'm cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's all right. Good. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, all right. I, so I I'm going to. Sorry, we, we very, very rarely play Marigold without Bloom. The only time we ever do that is like uh, with, with time constraints. You know, if it's a shorter like festival set or something like that, we'll just go straight in and crack. Um, yes, I just wanted to say that because they, they practically are one song. So you got away with that. I think that's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to do something with my number three. I'm going to go to... And pick two songs. I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go to the new record, um, but I'm going to go with Salt and uh, uh -huh. off the Rise Radiant record. And Dan knows because uh, I, I might have written him about this because we, we've been listening to this song. Every time I listen to this song, I write him in a message. And I'm like, that fucking song is blowing. It's yeah. making me crazy. <laughs> and it's, it's, man, this, it, Look, the only reason it's at number three is because I've only had it for like a few weeks that I've been listening to it. But this might be my favorite. It might eventually be my favorite song by you guys. It is. It's so good. The 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 whole blast beat thing and the and the and the melodic riff that goes with it, um, and then the epic ending where you hit that big note at the end. Man, it's just tremendous. Just awesome. Tell me about that song. Thank you. Um, it's on my list. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> it's, uh, it, this one, um, the reason it, it is on my list actually is because it's, it's super important to me personally. Um, I've talked about this a lot recently when, when it comes to Rise Radiant, but I, we wanted to, with this album, strip away uh, any kind of overt um, conceptual complexity. You know, we didn't, we didn't want mm -hmm. to, um, filter that which we wanted to express, the emotion that we were experiencing or the, or the struggle that we were having or whatever we wanted to say through the lens of someone else. And I've done that through my entire career. It's, it's like a, a staple of mine. It's a habit of mine. That, and I don't know whether this comes from like the, you know, Aussie guy afraid to express his emotions, <laughs> you know, too much. Um, but, you know, it, it was definitely a, definitely an issue. And so now we, we just kind of like, okay, at this time, it's just going to be direct from us. And so salt is important to me because it's, um, 
a genuine genuine reflection of, of some pretty bleak uh, experiences that I had in it. I just kind of want to give your listeners a bit of a, maybe a bit of a heads up. Like if you're really sensitive to mental health stuff or talking about suicide or whatever, then maybe it's time to switch off. Um, but I had spent most of my adult life dealing with uh, suicidal thoughts. Like I, I've, I've been dealing with mental health problems for, for my entire life and, and I hadn't sought help partly because of, uh, you know, stubbornness and thinking that I was very interesting um, and partly because of the, the kind of horrid myth of the tortured artist and how that kind of infects everyone. Everyone's kind of like, the, the, it's, it's an obsession that people have. Um, and, and finally, you know, if I had pursued help or if I pursued uh, medication or, or any kind of path towards healing that I might lose that, which I define my life around, like all of my creative spark and, and, you know, all the things that I've done, not knowing that of course, and of course it's true that, you know, by seeking help and trying to find, um, you know, relief and a real life, all that would create yeah, you can, I've, I've, I have a habit now. I'm practiced at creating. You know, I, of course, now that I can be quiet, I can do this. And that's reflected in the song Resonate, which follows Salt as well, actually. Oh, that song blows but, me away um, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but I think there was a moment, this is some years ago now, because honestly, I only, I only sought help like three years ago. <laughs> you know, I've only, you know, had this sort of journey of healing quite recently. Um, but things had gotten so bad that, you know, I was, I was a risk to myself. I was a risk to others. I, you know, I needed to needed to sort it out. And at one of the worst kind of moments, I was yet again lying in bed, uh, just a head full of noise and not, not able to sleep. And, you know, just the thoughts coming and coming and coming. And I had a, a moment of like, all right, well, let's, let's do something with this. You know, let's just try and get it out. So I sort of sat on the edge of the bed and I wrote down a whole bunch of just phrases, ways to kind of describe what I was feeling or, um, you know, to put it out there. And interestingly, a lot of that ended up being the verses of Salt. Um, so I feel like that song can give an insight to people who've never experienced something like that as to maybe how it, how it feels or how that noise feels. Mm -hmm. But again, I didn't want the song to be a twist of the knife emotionally. I wanted it to celebrate the way out of the darkness instead yeah. of celebrating, uh, the maudlin kind of darkness of that. So that whole optimistic, bring me my tomorrow, you know, I can make it to the morning, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. That actual phrase came from after, um, the suicide of Chris Cornell um, went thinking, you know, like he's, it, it always happens when people are alone, right? Like no one, very rarely will someone commit suicide um, around people. Uh, yeah. Either, you know, he'd be alone in this room and if he could have just waited, you know, eight hours, however long until he could have been around someone else, he could have made it. And so that whole mantra throughout the song of I can make it to the morning, you like, you don't have to think about, making it for the rest of your life because that seems insurmountable when you're in a state like that. But making it to the morning might be something that you can do. Right. So if you can do that every day and just make it to the morning, then that's 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 surviving. So yeah, that's that's why the song is really important to me. I didn't mean to sort of be a bit of a... Uh, no, man, thanks for sharing that. And it's a good message for people people <laughs> yeah. to hear. So I appreciate it. No, thank that. you, really. It's really... Uh, we're. I'm really glad that you were able to get out of that space, you know. I mean, like depression and anxiety are things that you can be lost in and it's not cool, <laughs> right? And I, th I think that you achieved what you wanted with like sharing how we feel, feels and 
the relief of getting out of it with these lyrics. You know, this new album is like I said, I, I you probably you guys probably know that it's something special and the rest of the world we were agreeing like a month or so. You know, but for Salt, mm -hmm. you, you can hear like in the vocals the emotion and everything coming out of you. And like the, the orchestration in that middle section that just goes over like the first piano theme with all the mm. vocals around is just like brilliant. So I think you, you guys did an amazing job. And that's because you were able to express yourself that much, you know. Jim, you're number two. My number two. Um, since I'm moving chronologically, I'm now through into Rise Radiant, and I'm going to say The Ascent, which is the closing track uh, mm. of the album. A um, bunch of reasons for this. First of all, I, I really love the song. Uh, I love I loved recording it. I really loved just, just even when the demo was finished, it was just, it, it was one of those ones where it's like, yeah, okay, that's really special at the end of finishing up. And um, thematically speaking, it's very much um, about legacy, uh, mm -hmm. which is something that's, you know, become really important to us as parents now, you know, because uh, Sam, Sam had a, a kid, he had his, a son uh, in the last year and a half. Uh, while finishing his PhD and this album, so it's kind of it's been a busy time for him. I don't know how he that has. Is, that is a lot on one one person's. Plate yeah, right there. yeah. Uh, he's been operating without sleep for about nine years, and it seems to have gone okay. <laughs> <But I don't>... Yeah, <laughs> that, with but, that much uh, no, to do, like the album will be either the best album ever or the worst album ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it I think it explains some of the heavier riffs on the album. If I'm being honest, just him sitting around like God. Damn it! Um, but no, I, I, I it, it's funny because it's, it's one of those things you don't, you know, legacy did not mean a damn thing to me. I hadn't even considered it. I was just out there living my life until I had a kid. When my daughter was born, it was like a light bulb. It was like all of a sudden this hugely important thing, realizing that you are like the end of this immensely long evolutionary chain and it's your responsibility to, to put it forward and to, and to make life easier for, for the next generation and that metaphor of a climb throughout the ascent is is reflective of one's personal journey through parenthood but also the journey of of, of us as a, a species as, as people um so you know you, the the falling and rising and falling and rising theme throughout it is what we've done throughout in, our entire lives but in doing so we've surpassed the markers along that climb left by our parents and those who came before us and then we've sort of paved our own way and left the markers for our children who will fall and rise and fall and rise, but be able to get to a, a part of the climb that we haven't uh, been able to achieve. Um, and I think that that's why it's really important to me. Sort of autumn and the ascent sort of go hand in hand in that autumn being more uh, reflective. Mellow. of the, Sort of the, you become a parent, you know, like right beforehand 
and then the instant overnight change in yourself and your your world and your beliefs <laughs> like everything just like mm-hmm. you know a moment will happen 24 hours later and you're a completely different person um and the ascent sort of carries on for that in, in the in the sort of the broader scale of uh of who we are there's one particular point on that in that song that is probably the the point that i'm proudest of on the album and maybe our entire career um later in the song towards the end it, it drops away to kind of a, a guitar which is neither mournful nor happy sounding it's someone sort of there's a bit of discord it's somewhere in the middle makes it sound a bit mysterious mm-hmm. and um quite a light vocal over the top of it which is all using sunset imagery uh to um you know, represent the, the lesson that we can learn from that being the, the climb again, falling and rising and falling and rising. And, um, you know, you don't want to, I like it. I have, I'm so reticent to toot my own horn, but I honestly think that's some of my best work and I, I'm really proud of it. To, the, to that album um, and that whole album like we said the whole album's awesome so uh, Dan why don't you jump in with your number two okay so for my number two I'll go with Graves so yay <laughs> by, by like the fourth album of a band I think they, they know what they do best and it, it feels like you guys just decided to cram everything into this song <laughs> into this yeah. one song yeah you know and, and I mean that in the best of ways. Like I think the song is that good. Uh, I was saying earlier, earlier, like how In Contact as a whole actually has more of an epic feel. And I know this word is thrown a lot around a lot, but in this case, it totally applies. Like Graves has a lot going on. It's 15 minutes, but this time is used very well. Uh, the first half of the song, in my opinion, is perfect. You know, the main melody, the verse, the riffs, the solos. It's like the complete package. Uh, and then you get like to the middle section and it sucks. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, and then you get to the acapella part. <laughs> no, just kidding. Then you get to that acapella part, you know, in the middle of, and then it welcomes like this slow section in which like it's beautiful and emotional and super inspiring is like the cherry on top you know and just as a mic drop about that song there's a freaking saxophone right boom that's, yeah. the, that's <laughs> the closer right yeah that's what closes that song and uh i'm i'm gonna just segue real quick because my number two is also graves so we can just talk about it but okay um yeah, because the song is awesome already. I love the the guitar lead line, you know, that, that starts off the song. And you're already like, this is awesome. And then you get towards the, you know, towards the end. And then you throw the sax solo in. And I was, I mean, I remember sort of listening to <laughs> what that. What the going, heck? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, you sort of just slammed on the, the dashboard of the car. Like, yeah, they threw that in too. And you're like, <laughs> and that's just, a, that was great. I, what brought on the, uh, the idea for the sax solo for that? Uh, that was originally uh, written as like a guitar line, um, and of course the the where where the sax 
synth over the top of the outro riff is doubled by guitar as well. But even the solo was kind of written there as um, uh, a saxophone. I'd recorded a little demo vocal line that sort of followed a very simple um, version of what ended up being the sax part as well uh, over that. And it was just kind of like, well, let's, let's speak to, to Jürgen Monkeby from, from Shining. Because we, we toured Europe with Shining on Bloom in 2015 um, and kept in touch. And he's a really cool dude. Uh, and just an insanely talented human being. And um, he sort of took his, uh, you know, what, what I'd put down vocally and what that, where that melody was kind of sitting and just absolutely just tore it up, just, just smashed it. And that, that little squeal at the end before it goes to the double kick part. And I remember hearing that for the first time and it was a proper, just like, oh man, <laughs> I got so excited. That's got to be a fun part being a musician where that you're just in that experimenting phase, you know, and you're just trying mm. out stuff. And then when it actually works, you know, the, the payoff's got to be so satisfying. Yeah, I, I remember actually this brief anecdote about The Tempest. Um, in the second verse, you know, originally we had it kind of mirroring, mirroring the vibe of the first verse and it wasn't quite working and then sam decided to kind of bring back a more subdued version of the the heavy kind of chubby riff at the end of the chorus totally and when he said that to me and i heard it the first time my my first response and this is actually where the title of the song came and and just you know themes that ended up going through it was just that's just fucking thunder dude that's amazing i got immediate imagery from that so yeah yeah it's fun when that happens yeah for sure uh all right so uh jim you're number one I think we know, but yeah, and my number one is thoughts. Uh, and and like like I said, it's just it's so so personally um, important to me. I, I I'm I don't know if we're gonna play it live because I don't know whether it's like too challenging or or too long. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's super important to me. Well, I feel vindicated by my choice. That's great. I feel good about it now. I was actually right. expecting right. you to pick it as number one. On Bray, you always talk about that. Song. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Every it's other true. day, Bray just man, salt is amazing. And then <laughs> it's like I know you told me yesterday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just checking in to let you know that salt's still amazing. Thanks, cheers, bye. <laughs> I do that. No, I do that. We have we have a, a, a sort of a prog report. The few of us that were you know a, a chat group or whatever. And sometimes we'll we'll do that. It's like, hey, I'm just checking in to let you know, salt's awesome. That's all. I'm out. <laughs> just letting you know. Thanks, team. Um, all right, Dan, you're number you're number one. Okay, so like, in case you guys haven't noticed, I'm also going chronologically here. It was a happy accident, and it works well. Yeah, like yeah. there are five uh, albums are, for a top okay. five. Yeah. So that leaves us with Rise Radiant. You know. I've said like 15 times that this album is amazing and it's pretty special. It has so many like great moments and songs. It's insane. But I'm not going with Salt, okay? Uh, I'm not going with The Ascent. 
Um, and also Not Ocean Rise, which I think is another one of your greatest songs. I'm picking a song everyone has heard by now, which is The Tempest. Nice. That's my number one pick. Wow. Uh, yeah. cool. it, it's insane like how much like Caligula's like you guys some how much substance you can put into their shorter songs you know in this case it's a single you know but you can hear that with like Marigold or Rust you know and Dream the Dead to an extent because it, it sounds longer than it is you know in a good way but I mean the list goes on it's incredible like for the Tempest I think it's above and beyond like the musicianship is top notch. I love the chorus. There, there are no saints. Like, in fact, like the lyrics too are so good. Uh, the performance just brings it to the next level. You know, the, the vocal performance. Um, I think the there are so many gray lines. I think my favorite one is like when you alternate like lyrics during the chorus, and you have like we are the tempest, <laughs> the rapture, the rage. You know, it's so badass sounding. It's awesome. And I mean, it, it was rough for me to learn the lyrics while singing because every time you change it up, you're like, man, I got the wrong one again. <laughs> no, dude, tell me about it. I have done that on stage so many yeah. times. This is, it's funny that that I, I do that a lot, but I, I regret it every time. Every <laughs> single time. Yeah. But I mean, I love that song like so much. I think th this one has the potential to be like my song of the year, like truly. Wow. That's very cool, man. Terrible. No, uh, you're both wrong. No, it's it's, it's funny with with the tempest. As usual, we had this. Uh, we <laughs> we uh, we had uh, we had a discussion at the beginning of the writing process, as we always do, and um, part of it was that emotional, like direct honesty that I was talking about before. But the other part was that we wanted to be able to explore like a, a almost a single musical idea or or a, a motif or a collection of motifs that that say what they have to say in a concise amount of time and sort of so you'll notice on the album of course there's your salt and, and autumn and the ascent that sort of take their journey because as we're writing them we're realizing okay this is going to be something bigger um but with uh, you'll notice you know the, the tempest and slow violence and, and ocean rise and valkyrie they're, they're a lot more direct in what they had to say um and we actually we had a bit of a a, a discussion about this because because uh sam didn't want to lead with The Tempest as the single. Um, and I very much did. Uh, and I, I whinged until it happened, um, which is which is how I get most of <laughs> what I want. But, Great uh, advice. <laughs> <laughs> Whinge yourself to success. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, thematically speaking, The, the Tempest is, is really reflective of, of the album's theme, which is, you know, not accepting the hand that you're dealt, you know, overcoming finding strength within yourself and strength in your weakness um, and as a person, but also again, as, as people, as a group, you know, we, there is beauty in our fragility, there is strength in our weakness. And, um, and that's what that song's, you know, very much about. It's about finding power in yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, you know what? Um, it's a good introduction to the record. I think it's a solid first single um, and it hits you real, real quick and immediate. Um, so I agree with uh, I agree with you on that one for that and and uh, and then of course you have the second single out now slow violence which is also great so 
uh, kicking <laughs> off real nice for the record. Um, I'm going to go with uh, my number one, which, uh, Dan, you you mentioned it, but um, I this my number ones on these top fives are generally the easiest call for me. I, I can always just go, okay, that's my number one, <laughs> and then I struggle with all the rest. Um, and so it's Marigold for me on this one also. Nice. And um, yeah, because you know what? Uh, that opening and that riff, I, there's nothing better than that. It's just, yep. it's just perfection. <laughs> it just is. And, and, and I, you know, sometimes I like, you know, I listen to shuffle a lot in the car, not in the car has been a, a month now since I've been in the car, but generally, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, some songs come on and a lot of times you skip, you skip. I don't want to hear this. I want to hear this one. And then if you're lucky enough, you hear boom. And then this riff comes in. You're like, oh yeah, that's okay. That's the one we're going to listen to this. So it's just something about that is the first thing I ever heard from you guys. It stuck around. Uh, it, it invited me to discover the band. Um, and it just has always stuck around as, as just one of my favorite, favorite sort of heavy aggressive songs of, of the last few years um i think it's just a home run that said salt's only been around a couple of weeks talk to me in a year and uh we'll see what we'll happens. have a chat we'll have a chat yeah. <laughs> but uh no man this was fun listen we like you could tell dan and i were big fans of uh, of what you guys do i think you guys are just just criminally underrated and uh and we just you know <laughs> but 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 you're on the uprise and so i think that's great yeah I wouldn't and, say uh, underrated because I don't know one one person that has listened to them that doesn't enjoy their sound. You know, just maybe not as well known as they should be. You know, should be well, with man. the big boys in Prague. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Give me a year. We'll talk in a year. <laughs> well, well, you know, let me ask you just a yeah, sort of a general. Yeah. Let me ask you just sort of a general question on that a little bit because you guys are. You know, you're on a progressive rock label and you have you have definitely tendencies. I mean, long songs and and, and sort of interesting songwriting and, and parts like that. But but you could just as equally argue you're you're sort of a metal band. I mean, where do you where do you see you guys? Do you worry about the label or do you do you, do you want to be do you worry about are we Prague, not Prague? I mean, does that where, where does that sit for you? Uh, that's that's never a conversation for us, really. I mean, first of all, Sam's Sam's PhD is about uh, progressive rock. Um, so if you ever if you ever want to talk to someone about like defining progressive and what that means, he's the guy. Uh, Wait, is that are you serious? That's a, are you like serious? That. That's a that's a yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Well, we got to like, on the uh, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely do. You definitely can do. Can you jump up real uh, quick, Jim, so we can have it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, now you're regretting this whole thing, and that's fine. Uh, that's usually how it goes. Uh, I didn't know that. No, that's interesting. He's, so he, he's definitely the guy to talk to you about that. But no, we, we, we never really consider it. I mean, early on when we were trying to define ourselves for, like, PR purposes early on, it was kind of hard to say because we wanted to – we're super young and still finding our feet and going, well, how do we have a point of difference for ourselves? And, you know, how do we capture what we're doing? So we went with this weird sort of progressive alternative rock uh, moniker for a while. And then we just stopped using it because it's like, you know, to a, a prog rock fan, we're too heavy, you know, for an alt rock fan, we're too prog. And the fact is we're a progressive metal band. I mean, especially now, I mean, the stuff on uh, Rise Radio, and I'm sure you'd agree, is, is a lot heavier than even some of our older material. Yeah, like um, Mokri so, is so, so heavy. It's a, it's a silly song. I love it very much. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I mean, so, that, you know, it's not really a question for us. I'm not really concerned about it. Um, you know, you might, if somebody asked, like if I met someone at like a house party, for example, which we're not allowed to do right now, but, um, <laughs> you know, God willing soon. Uh, but if, if I met someone at, at a, a house party and they were like, oh, you're in a band, I'm like, yeah. You'd say like, oh, so what kind of band is it? It's like, oh, we're a progressive metal band. Immediately you'd get that like blank face, you know, like their eyes yeah. empty and it's kind of like, cool, I yeah. don't care about that. And that's <laughs> fine. Right. I don't care. So yeah, we just do what we do, man. Yeah. No, it's it's you know what? It's, uh, ultimately, the audience decides uh, what what you are, you know. And I think um, the the you know you you'll start you'll see the fans in your audience, and they'll be uh, they'll be wearing whatever sort of genres they like, you know. And you sort of go, okay, our fans like you know whatever it is, you know, Tool, Genesis, Rush, yeah. whatever. It is. And then you just go, okay, I guess that's sort of where we where we fit. But anyway, listen, man, uh, this was a pleasure. Really happy to talk to you. I'm glad the timing worked out and everything. And be well. Enjoy the rest of your day. And, uh, you know, we'll talk again. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure. This is fun. Right, Thanks man, very man. much. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks out there. <laughs> you too, man. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Danny. I'll talk to you. Thanks, guys. Right, bye. Bye. Uh, no.